Hey there guys, Jeremy here, and welcome to another exciting episode of Breaking the Tank, the best unofficial Shark Tank after show ever. So the first entrepreneur into the tank this week was Mackenzie Marsliff presenting her business Delighted by Hummus. She was seeking $600,000 in exchange for 12% of the business. Now there's definitely some stuff I wanna unpack here about this brand, about this product, but before we get into that, let's talk about the numbers. Now just the first 13 months, she saw a million dollars in sales in just around 1,200 stores, but she does project that she could see $1.5 million in sales by the end of the year. Now, one of the main things I wanted to cover about this brand, this product, this presentation is when they started talking about where this product is placed inside the grocery store, because that's really, really important considering that they're not selling this online. And I'm saying that because I couldn't find it for sale on their website or any other website. So I'm just assuming that they're not selling online or they would be advertising that. So since it seems like the only place to buy this is in the grocery store, it becomes very, very important where it is on the shelf. And what she said is that it's with the other hummus and some of the sharks were not too keen on that idea. And I can understand that because where my mind goes, I'm sure their minds are going as well is to the psychology of the consumer, what the consumer is thinking when they walk into the grocery store and they're going shelf to shelf to shelf making their purchases or rather making their selections for their purchase. When you start to think in those terms, one of the first things you want to do is put yourself in the shoes of the average consumer. Like I think of whenever I go into the grocery store and I walk up to the shelf that has all of the hummus, I look at that as a savory section. Like I go into my local Publix and I know that's the shelf where there's hummus, there's spinach artichoke dip, there's buffalo chicken dip, there's different kinds of fresh salsa and guacamole. Not one bit of me is thinking to walk up to that shelf to try to find a sweet dessert-like option. And I think that's already kind of a point against them. The consumer is walking up to that shelf with no intention of buying anything like that product. But it doesn't stop there. There's also the simple fact that there might be a bit of a stigma about that product, looking at it and knowing what hummus tastes like and then thinking, oh, this is flavored hummus, it's chocolate-flavored hummus or cookie-flavored hummus. There might be a stigma there that's like, how could that possibly be good? I'm not gonna waste my money trying that out because it sounds like it would be disgusting. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I did go to my local Publix looking for Delighted by Hummus because I went on their website and their website said that that Publix does carry it, but I went there and couldn't find it. But I did find out that Delighted by Hummus has a competitor. That's right, Boar's Head makes their own dessert hummus. And they didn't have any flavors other than dark chocolate, so I just got that so I could see how a dessert hummus tastes, period. And I gotta tell you, it just tasted like a chocolate spread. And actually, with the consistency of the hummus, it did kind of tastes like a brownie batter, even though the flavor is dark chocolate. I really wanted to show off in this video that I had gotten some delighted by hummus from my local Publix, but Oh well. I guess either their website needs to be updated or Publix is just out of it right now. If the latter is the case, then I really hope they get more soon. Anyway, getting back on track, I really do think some people are just gonna have a stigma towards this. They're gonna look at it and think, oh, that's like chocolate flavored hummus. That just, that just doesn't sound right. When in reality, it is really good. So right there, that's two points against them. One that they can't really help unless this category of hummus gains the kind of ubiquity it needs so that people don't think that it's flavored hummus. They know that there is such a thing as dessert hummus. And then the other one just being the fact that people walking up to that shelf aren't looking for something sweet. But stick with me here, guys, because I definitely think there are points in their favor as well. But first, I want to contemplate this idea of where they would belong in the store if it's not by the hummus. The only places that really come to mind are near the yogurts or the cream cheese spreads or maybe the puddings, but none of that really seems to fit. Sure, those are all sweet, kind of gooey things, but none of those are traditionally dips. The cream cheese spreads are probably the closest, but that still doesn't seem to really match up. And I mean, there are other things that could be considered sweet dips, but none of them are refrigerated 
saturated. So obviously that doesn't work either. I think the moral of the story here is that when you're essentially creating a new category, there's gonna be some confusion. There's gonna be some growing pains kind of trying to figure out where you fit into the market. And with all that being said, I don't necessarily think she's in the wrong place. Now, maybe at some point in the future, they'll find a better place that's getting her more eyeballs, more sales. They might find out that there is a better place. But for now, I don't necessarily think it's the wrong place. Because like I said, I think there's a couple of points to be made here that are actually in her favor. Now, it might sound like I'm about to contradict myself in a second here, but just stick with me. First of all, Delighted by Hummus will be the only sweet option on that shelf, other than Boar's Head, I guess, now. But like I said, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself here because just a second ago I said people don't walk up to that shelf thinking that they want something sweet, but I really do think the psychology could work one of two ways here depending on the person that walks up and their purpose there in the store that day. You got somebody who's trying to plan a party and they walk up there to get some savory dips, but they also know that at some point there in the store they want to find something that's going to be dessert, like ice cream or a sweet dip of some kind. All of a sudden, they're presented with this option of a dessert hummus, something that they haven't heard of before, something interesting, something unique, a conversation starter at the party. And it's the only option for something that's sweet sitting there. That gets it in their mind right there, whereas if that dessert hummus was sitting with the other sweet things like the spreads or the yogurts or the puddings, then it might just blend in. They might never see it at all. Being the only sweet thing on a savory shelf makes it stick out like a sore thumb, which can be a very good thing, not blending in with all the competition, but sticking out and getting people's attention. But then the second point in their favor here is that the people walking up to that section already like hummus. Like I said before, there could be a stigma against this just thinking that it's flavored hummus and thinking, wow, that sounds really weird. But people who already like hummus will be much more likely to grab it. And I'd venture to say that the more health-minded people who love hummus aren't frequenting those aisles with a lot of sweet dessert-like options. You gotta put it in front of the people most likely to buy it. And honestly, I think that's what they're doing. So like I said, I don't think they're in the wrong place. Might there be a better place, potentially? Maybe, but that remains to be seen. I think they're fine right where they are right now, if they were actually there in my local Publix. It'd be awesome if they got that in stock over there. I want me some of that snickerdoodle hummus. And the brownie batter sounds good too. Those are the two that I'm most excited about. Anyway, at the end of the day, she got a deal with Mark, $600,000 for 25% of the business. Now I'm not too keen on Mark's idea of opening up a shop and kind of selling the hummus like you would sell ice cream. That sounds kind of like a stretch to me. I mean, kind of like I was talking about before, if this category gains enough ubiquity that your common average consumer understands that there is such a thing as dessert hummus that's very different from regular hummus, then maybe this could work. So for now, I gotta agree with, I think Kevin, I think he's the one that brought this up where he's talking about like a couple driving down the road, trying to decide what they're gonna do for dessert, saying, hey, you know, maybe we could go get ice cream or we could go get gelato or we could go get hummus. Until this idea, this category of dessert hummus gains that household name status, people are just gonna think that it's regular hummus in that shop, at least on first glance, which can be very important for a storefront. So I think there could be a future for that idea, but it might be a stretch for right now. But despite any of that, congratulations to Mackenzie, congratulations to Mark on this new partnership. I really hope it works out for you guys and you make a lot of money together. So the second entrepreneurs into the tank were Ihan and his father, Vinay Kamad. They were presenting their business Soul Mender and they were seeking $75,000 in exchange for 10% of the business. And what they've developed is a device to relieve foot pain. By placing a freezing roller into the device, you can rub your foot on it to relieve pain and to treat a condition known as plantar fasciitis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's something that affects a lot of people. I had no idea that this was a thing and I have a lot to say about the product, the presentation, and the shark's reception to the whole presentation. But before we get into that, 
that, let's talk about their numbers. Now in under a year, they'd seen $25,000 in sales with 11 stores ordering from them. They retail for $39.99, cost $10 to make, but they think that they could get that cost down to $6.80. Now, as far as my thoughts on the product, the first thing I wanna say is I'm a little shaky on that retail price. I can definitely see this on the shelf at a Bed Bath & Beyond for like $19.99. And even personally, I would totally be there at that price. I would pick it up today. Even as somebody who spends most of his time in this chair, editing videos, working on content, I still have to go out every once in a while and do shoots that are an entire day. So even for the seldom times that I'm on my feet all day and I need some relief, I would go ahead and pay that price at $19.99, but at $39.99, I don't think I'd be there. And I don't assume to be the perfect baseline example of your average consumer, but all I can give is my perspective on it. If you have different ideas about it, I'd love to hear about them in the comments down below. All I know is that if it retailed at $19.99, I'd be buying it for myself and for Christmas this year for all my friends and family that I know are on their feet all day. Anyway, moving on to the next thing, I wanted to talk about Ehan's comments about college. Now, please hear me correctly here because I'm not saying that I think he was lying, but I think he said what he thought the Sharks wanted to hear. I think he was being honest when he said he was willing to put 100% into Soul Menders and forego going to college. But I feel like maybe, just maybe, because I could be wrong here, but maybe he thought that was the right path because he thought that's what the Sharks would want to see him do. Not focus half his time on school, half his time on the business, focus everything on the business so that they can make more money. Apparently the Sharks don't play that, which is great. I mean, it's awesome that they said those things to him, impressing upon him the importance of an education, taking that time as a young man, that opportunity to just sit there and absorb knowledge and learn everything he can so he can then go forward using that information in his business. I am 100% in agreement with them. What I'm torn about though is whether or not that was a good reason for them to drop out. I mean, just look at the situation here. We've got Alex Rodriguez, we've got Mark Cuban, two people with such influence in markets where this product could just explode. So there's kind of part of me that agrees with Mark when he said that he thinks that Ehan needs to experience what it's like to grind this out while he's in school, get that education and just grind it out without an investor coming in and doing a lot of the work for him. I can totally understand that perspective. But then there's a side of me that looks at this product and how perfect it is for the markets that Alex and Mark are so influential in. And I'm just like, God, ah, just give him a deal. <laughs> I mean, even Alex admitted that he had experiences in the locker room with colleagues who are using things like marbles and coffee cans or water bottles or whatever to treat this condition. And they were doing it right in front of them. First-hand experience with the issue that this product is solving. Oh, sorry, I'm getting excited here. There is a war going on in my mind right now about the outcome of this presentation. As much as I agree with them about the importance of education and having those experiences where you gotta grind it out and hustle for yourself, I'm still just so excited about the idea of this product in the hands of someone like Alex Rodriguez or Mark Cuban. So yeah, I'm torn to say the least. So the third entrepreneur into the tank was none other than Chris Gronkowski, who was presenting his business, Ice Shaker, looking for $100,000 in exchange for 10% of the business. And he's developed a double-walled, vacuum-insulated, stainless steel shaker bottle that can hold ice up to 30 hours. And I do have a couple of things I wanna unpack about this brand, about this business, but first, let's cover the numbers. In just six months, he'd seen sales around $80,000 online and in a few stores. As of the filming of the presentation, the retail price was $25, the cost was $5, giving them an 80% margin. Now, one of the main things I wanted to talk about in regards to the brand was his reluctance to heavily use the Gronkowski name in the marketing of the product. In case you didn't know, the Gronkowski brothers are pretty well known in the world of athletics. And I can kind of see both sides of this in the argument where he doesn't want to use the name, he wants to build something for himself, but using the name would mean massive success. Now, personally, for those of you who don't know, I own my own business. And when I was starting it out, I used a lot of references, a lot of introductions from friends, from family members, for people that would 
would be potential clients. And I don't see any problem with that. I'm using the resources that I have at my disposal. However, on that day when I got that first client that had no connection back to my friends, back to my family, back to any of the references that I'd gotten in the past, I felt such a sense of pride that that was my doing. That was my hard work, my hustle. It wasn't like I was following somebody else's path that they'd already paved. It was as if I was paving my own path. So I can understand his hesitation on a much smaller scale to be fair, but I can understand it. He doesn't just want this product to be successful because of his name. He wants it to be successful of his own merit and because of his hard work. And I can totally respect that. But at the same time, life is short. And the time that we have in our formidable adult years to build something successful, to build a legacy is doubly so. So I would encourage anybody who already has a platform to build off of to do so. Like I said before, even though I had pride in that first client that I got without anybody's help, I still took the help that was given to me. There's no reward at the end of your life for being too prideful to take the help that's offered to you. And I mean, there is something to be said. There's lessons to be learned from grinding it out all by yourself without any help from anybody. But like I said, life is short. I don't think any of us were designed to be an island to do this thing called life alone. So take the advantages, take the advice, take the help that's offered to you. I mean, don't take advantage of people, obviously. Don't use people for your own gains, but definitely take help where it's offered. I don't see any good reason not to. But then the only other thing I wanted to say about this product is that there does seem to be competitors. Now I'm going to be honest here, given the fact that I produce at least four of these videos a week, I'm not able to do really in-depth research, but the research that I did do shows that there are some competitors to this product. I don't know if they boast all the same features, but stainless steel shaker bottles do exist. But honestly, that feature, that fact that they are stainless steel seemed to be the most marketable feature to me. The fact that they're double-walled, vacuum insulated, holds ice for 30 hours, that's awesome. It's definitely awesome. But honestly, at the end of the day, the wider market that's taken their shaker bottle out to their quick workout, do they really need it to keep that drink cold for 30 hours? I feel like the most marketable feature here is the fact that it's not plastic, it doesn't retain odors, and doesn't start smelling to high heavens after a few uses. That being the case, there are several competitors out there. And I don't say this to discourage Chris or anybody else away from the ice shaker. Mainly, I'm saying this to reinforce my first point. Using any available marketing advantage at your disposal is just prudent. Get it out there as far and wide as possible, especially considering the fact that you've got competition on the market. I would never sit here and bash somebody for simply using a platform that they have at their disposal. I might disagree with their integrity if they're trying to push a really crappy product and just rely on the name attached to it, but I can't blame somebody for trying to use the platform at their disposal to push what they're trying to do. And I guess I gotta mention the deal that he got real quick. Alex Rodriguez and Mark Cuban teamed up to give him $150,000 for 15% of the business, and I think that's awesome. I think that's a great partnership. I mean, this is obviously marketed towards athletes and people in the fitness niche, which is something that Alex and Mark can really help out with. So congrats to Chris as well as Alex and Mark on this new partnership. Hopefully you guys are able to get out there and make tons of money off of this little shaker bottle. So the final entrepreneur into the tank this week was Robbie Cabral presenting his business Benji Lock and seeking $200,000 in exchange for 10% of the business. And he's developed a padlock that you can use on pretty much anything you would use a traditional padlock on, but this one can be opened with either your fingerprint or the key that they provide you. Now as of the filming of the presentation, it was just a prototype and I'm going to talk more about that as well as the brand, the deal that he got, the presentation, a whole lot of stuff. But first let's cover some of the numbers. Now, first of all, and I thought this was really cool, one 30 minute charge lasts you the whole year. That just sounds 
sounds awesome to me. I love products like that. I got a Bluetooth keyboard for my iPad several years ago that has that kind of battery life and I still use it to this day. But anyway, like I said, as of the filming of the presentation, it's still just a prototype. So as far as retail price goes, he went ahead and surveyed a little over a thousand people and came to a planned retail price of $60. And as for his cost, he's looking at being able to get it for around $20 a unit on an order of 50,000 units. And he was looking at that kind of quantity because apparently Sam's Club is interested in making an order of 30,000 units in quarter one of 2018. So that's pretty cool. I mean, he's still just a prototype and he's already looking at the possibility of that kind of a purchase order. It's pretty awesome. It's nothing to sneeze at. And something else that's really cool is that he won the 2017 Innovation Award at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. That expo has so much competition. There are so many different consumer products there trying to vie for attention, trying to get some press, trying to win awards. And the fact that he stood out and actually won an award at that show, it's, it's pretty impressive. Doing what I do in my job and just from personal interest, I generally pay attention to a lot of consumer technology. And when CES rolls around, my feed blows up. I mean, not even being there in the hall at the show, just sitting at my desk in this chair, sifting through all the press and all the articles of all the highlights that they think you should see, that can get overwhelming. I never make it through all those articles and that's only showing a small fraction of what's there. So being able to shine through all that competition and get some press and actually get an award, that'll always be impressive to me. Now, the only negative thing that I can touch on here is the fact that it seems as though the BenjiLock.com website crashed either during or after the presentation aired on Sunday. And even today, it's Wednesday today, three days later, the BenjiLock.com URL still redirects back to their Facebook page. It always stinks when the Shark Tank effect has negative effects. You gotta have your website ready for that kind of traffic. I mean, most basic websites made on GoDaddy or Squarespace just aren't set up for that. Honestly, and I know I've talked about this in the past, that's why a lot of the Shark Tank entrepreneurs use Shopify. And if you want a free trial for that, there's a link down in the description. I really didn't intend on using them as a sponsor for this video, but since we got on the topic, why not mention it? It's a very reliable service and I use it with several of my clients. But anyway, why it's such a negative to me that his website was down is because that's usually my first step in doing any kind of update research between the presentation and this video so I can present to you guys some more information. Because right now I have no idea if he's moved on from prototype phase to actually selling it on his website because even if I go to Amazon and search Benji Lock, I don't see Benji Lock. I actually see Third Wave Water and Jackson's Honest, two other products from Shark Tank that we've covered in the last few weeks. So I'm leaning towards the notion that he's not selling them yet, but I can't tell you for sure because I can't get on his website. But then the last thing I wanted to cover here is his deal with Kevin for uh, $200,000 in exchange for 15% of the company. And Kevin really had a vision for this to take it into licensing. And what I really want to talk about in regards to this deal are the negative responses, the negative feedback, the negative reactions that he's gotten on Facebook, on Twitter about this deal with Kevin. People saying that he made the wrong decision, that this is ridiculous, he should have gone with someone else. Many of the people looking at that emotional, that cultural connection he had with Alex Rodriguez and saying that he should have gone with him. But here's the thing, guys. Can we really sit here looking at that situation and make the definitive statement that he made the wrong decision? I would argue that no, no, we can't. We weren't there. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes of his business. We don't know what his bigger vision is. We don't know what his plan is for the next one to two years. We don't know. There's a lot, a lot we don't know where we can't make the definitive statement that he made the wrong decision. And yes, I've sat here in this room in front of a camera before and laid out reasons why I think another shark would have been better for an entrepreneur than the one they picked. And I'll give my thoughts as to why I think the other shark would have been a better option for them, usually focusing on the markets they have influence in or the industries they have experience in, you know, trying to bring some constructive insight to the situation. But I'm never just going to tear them down and say definitively that they made the wrong choice because I don't really know. I don't have nearly enough information to make that distinction. The most I can responsibly do is give my meager constructive thoughts in hopes that they'll bring some kind of insight. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But as far as my thoughts on his deal with Kevin, I think it's a great decision and it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, Kevin was the first one to pipe up during the presentation to talk about the licensing potential of the 
this product. And I think that right there, he made a connection with Robbie because obviously Robbie has a similar vision for this brand, for this product to go into licensing or he wouldn't have gone with Kevin. And obviously Kevin is really interested because this is one of the most reasonable offers we've ever seen him make. No loans, no royalties into perpetuity or any of that kind of stuff. Just straight capital for equity. And he wasn't even greedy about it. In fact, he was very patient about it too, letting all the other sharks have their say and allow Robbie to then come back to him. Kevin really saw something in this and Robbie felt that. And the importance of that fact right there that Robbie felt it cannot be discredited. There's a lot of times in business where you gotta go with your gut and trust your instincts. But guys, that's where I'm gonna end it. Hopefully you found this informative or insightful in some way. I'd love to see your thoughts down below. So leave your comments, questions, suggestions, concerns. Click off the left if you wanna see more content from this channel. Don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, hit that bell icon. But until next time, I love you guys. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.